Good evening. This is Tim Young, and this is Chewy's Road to Enlightenment. Tonight, I have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Robert Beck, and this episode is Robert Beck strolling down the boardwalk. And I'd like to welcome Robert Beck on the show. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am very good. Weather is beautiful. Good. The sun's out today. So life is good, right? Life is great, especially here in the sunny, the, the, the sunshine state. I'm in Florida. Oh, yeah. So the, no yeah. lack of sun the, there. The, the weather's a little hot now because it's still August, still summertime. But other than that, the weather's always beautiful here in Florida. Oh, good. Well, that's 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 a wonderful thing, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to the program. Uh, so, I guess let's uh, let's start. Let's uh, let's bring this right back to the beginning. Uh, where were you born? Where are you from? Okay, I was born in a small town called Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just just that little old town on the on the east coast there, uh, with casinos yeah. and boardwalks and all types of cool exactly. stuff. Exactly, the Jersey, the Jersey Shore. So, what was uh, what was that like growing up in Atlantic City? I mean, never a dull moment. It was amazing. My whole my whole childhood to teenage to adult was just amazing from the 60s 70s 80s 90s and 2000s so i'm a 60s baby okay okay i'm a i'm a 70s baby so <laughs> but we're, we're not yeah. we're not too far off um no, we're not no so no. What, what so growing up in atlantic what was that like what were you what did you? How was your childhood? Let's let's start there. Oh my my, my childhood was awesome, awesome. You know, everybody played sports. You know, everybody played basketball, football, baseball. You know, every, you know, back in the seventies in Atlantic City, you know, everything was about having fun, bull walk. You know, dirt biking. I rode I rode a dirt bike back then. Nice. You know, everything was was all about having fun. Well, that's what it's. That's what life. You know, if everybody could take that attitude, you know, having fun, and and incorporate that into their everyday life, into their work ethic, I, I mean, we'd be in a lot better place. You know, absolutely. That absolutely. that that attitude. Um, you know, so yeah, I grew up. I grew up right in on a farm, so. You know, grew up riding dirt bikes, snowmobiles, four wheelers, and uh, you know, raising hell as a kid. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I was in the country; you were in the city. You, you know, but still, you can. Well, well, well absolutely. Well, uh, I was I, I was born and raised in the city, but my both my parent, my mother's from South Carolina, and my father's from Augusta, Georgia, and my father went to elementary school with with James Brown. Oh my God! So both my so both my grandparents were farmers, farmers in Georgia, farmers in South Carolina. Right outside of Myrtle Beach was a small town called Darlington, South Carolina, which I, you know, growing up on the on the farm life was 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 fun for me as a kid. Oh yeah, you know, I was I was I was feed, feeding the chickens, the, the the pigs, the cows, you know, dirt biking, learning how to hunt as a young kid. You know, the city kid going to the south, learning how to hunt and 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 and, and farm was 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 fun. Yeah, you know, and it's that was a fun thing. So, so so my parents uh, sent 
me to the South for the summertime to keep me out of trouble out of the city life. Well, you know what? And then my hat's off to your folks because uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's absolutely that's that that was that was the best thing for you and, and your your grandparents. You know, getting yeah. to, getting to spe- spend the summer with their grandson. I mean, that's uh, mm-hmm. what more could you ask for? I mean, that's that's exactly. No, that's awesome. No, I, yeah, and I grew up on a working pig farm too. We had pigs and cows, and you know the whole deal. <laughs> and yeah, there's there's something to be said about putting in a hard day's work on the farm. It's yes. it's not yes. like it's not like any other job. It, it's definitely mm-hmm. uh, it, that's about as blue collar as it gets. You know, that's right. You're that is right. You're a farmer. You're a veterinarian. You're a mechanic. Your, you know, the list goes on. A, fa- a farmer has about fifteen or twenty different hats that they wear. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's cool. We love yeah. South Carolina. We're down there. We go down there every April with our uh, with our family. We take our kids down there. Um, okay. What part? We go to. Uh, we stay up in uh, Cherry Grove, up in North Myrtle. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Beautiful area. Like always, just. You know the weather's always decent. You know we knock on wood when we get there. It, it, you know we're 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 New Englanders, so you know when the water temperatures in the mid seventies were ecstatic. You know you go down there in, in April and it's in the seventies, low eighties, and it's like oh this is awesome. And then you know nobody else is in the water. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so awesome. You had a great great youth. You were you were doing. Uh, you know, living two great lives. And so when you were back in the city, what were your hobbies when you were, what was occupying your time? Uh, uh, my hobbies back then was, was, was football, boxing and martial arts. Those were my, my those were my focus as a, as, as a child in my teen years. And I end up, you know, getting my, my uh, master's belt in Taekwondo, end up teaching martial arts for, for, for about 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and and boxing with you know all my uh, all the guys I I grew up in the neighborhood with everybody with boxing and um, uh, one of my good friends I work, was working out with and that became a professional boxer was Bruce Sheldon and Bruce Sheldon lived right next door to me in Atlantic City and he ended up uh, I ended up introducing him to Don King and Don King started managing him and that's when we we had that the fight against Mike Tyson and Bruce Sheldon the same night that Tupac got killed. Oh, my God. Yes. Talk about that a small world. That That is crazy. What what a, what a, yeah. cr- I mean, what a great night, but what a tragic night. But a, yeah, it was a great night, but it was a, it was a sad night at the same time. It, you know what's funny is, like, I think back on a lot of stuff, you know, moments in, in life that you go through, d- different struggles, and it's like out out of tragedy, there always seems to be some type of a. I don't want to say an accomplishment, but you know, there, there, there's there's something good that comes out of it sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, and death, I always struggle with. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, how do you? Uh, okay, you know, you're left with memories, which is great. I mean, you know, and now we're fortunate with the technology we have. We have film. We have pick, you know, unlimited pictures, you know, through our phones and internet, and you know, keeping your loved ones' memories alive now is easier than it's ever been. Um, Absolutely, but it still Absolutely. still never replaces that 
person, you know, the friend, family, friend of a family or whatever, uh, doesn't replace them. But, you know, it's, it's nice to hold on to that stuff. Uh, yeah. So yeah. not, uh, I do this a lot, Robert. So just, uh-huh. just bear with me. You know, the, the conversation just kind of flows like a river. It, there's turns and there's, uh, it speeds up, then it slows down. And, uh, sometimes it just takes, it takes a different direction. So, uh, so boxing, you know, you, you just mentioned that uh, Tyson, uh, the Tyson fight, Tupac. Yeah. How? Yes. So how did you? How did you? How did you meet Don King? What, what was? How was that? Well, okay, let's go back a little bit. Okay, I was uh, I had a, a football scholarship from uh, South Carolina State University. Hell yeah! So my my summer job was working at Valley's Park Place. So Valley's Park Place, uh, a summer job became a, a lifetime job working in the hotel industry, hotel casino industry. And uh, Bruce Sheldon um, got in a little trouble as a, as a youth, and um, he he got you know in detention. He went to the detention school, and as soon as he came out, I said, "Bruce, you come out, I can get you a job." So I got him a job as a Valley Parker working at Valley's Park Place. Where I was working at, and back back in the early '80s, Bally's Bally's Park Place was the mecca of having have the fight the fight era. You know, we had uh, Alexis Aguero fighting, Boom Boom Mancini. Everybody was fighting at our hotel, so I knew all the promoters, I knew all the boxers. I became good friends with Don King, Don King's daughter, and you know, I, I was working. I was talking to Bruce. I said, Bruce. I said, um, you, you, you have you have ten amateur fights when you turn pro. Let me introduce you to Don King. He said, Oh man, I don't want I don't want I heard Don King steals your money. I said, Bruce, you don't have any money right now. You're not gonna make no money. You're not gonna make millions of dollars as a ballet parker. So let me introduce you to him, let him manage you and let him take you further than what you are right now. Yep. And the story goes from there. He met Don King, Don King started managing him. Don King started managing Tyson, and uh, Bruce uh, was the IDF champion, heavyweight champion. And uh, that fight in 1996 with uh, Tyson happened, and he, uh, he, he lost the fight, of course, first round knockout. Tyson knocked him out. But that was the night that uh, Tupac got murdered. Yeah, tragic. Yeah. A- absolutely tragic. Very, very, very tragic. But uh, work, working in the casino industry for, for 38 years, I, I knew all the, the promoters. I knew I knew Lou Duva personally. I knew his sons. I, I, I knew everybody that was in the boxing um, game at that point. Wow, that you what know? what a what a time to be a, what a time to have that job and what a time to be alive and witness that stuff. A- absolutely, absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, uh, four fighters from the Atlantic City area. Uh, is, are in the Boxing Hall of Fame, and including Bruce Sheldon, is in the Boxing Hall of Fame. You know, your friend, we, your friend Bruce. Yeah. Yep, my friend Bruce is a he's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, Daryl Wilson, matter of fact, he just got inducted to the Boxing Hall of Fame um, in September. So he's another gentleman that worked in uh, Atlantic City, and now he's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. Johnny Brown, Johnny Brown from Atlantic City, he's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. You know, Levander Johnson, I was good friends with him in the Boxing Hall of Fame. 
Kevin Watts. He's from Pleasantville, New Jersey. I, I, I actually was his sparring partner for a lot of his fights. And he's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. So I knew a lot of people that was in the fight game. Oh, that's awesome. And you, and you were doing yeah. martial arts at the time, too? Yes, but actually, I got into martial arts because my mother did not want me to box. She said, I don't want you to, uh, you know, I don't want you to box. I don't want you to end up like Muhammad Ali, blah, 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 blah. I don't want you taking the headshots. She's not knowing that martial arts is, is, is more deadly than boxing. <laughs> using hands and feet. Yeah, yeah every, everything's but, flying. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started, um, uh, actually, my sensei, Malcolm Perkins, uh, he trained me my senior year in high school to get ready for college football. So that's how I really got in, involved with martial arts at 17 years old. Wow, that's and, uh, that's awesome. Know, I, I worked my, you know, I I, I went to a, a karate school called Ninja Karate Academy in Benton, New Jersey, and that school was one of the hardest fighting schools in the state of New Jersey. And I mean, it's, it's hard to get a black belt out of that dojo because my karate teacher, he, he, he trained boxers, he trained martial artists, he trained wrestlers, he trained everybody. And to, to go to that school and not quit and get a black belt is, a, is an amazing accomplishment. Oh, con- congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I, and I'm sure that... Hey, w- hey, hey, Everybody that wanted to be a professional fighter came through that gym. That's awesome. And is that gym still still around today? It it just recently at COVID closed that school. Oh man! So at the end of COVID, it, it, it closed down for good. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So yep. many. But the building is still up, and it's still on Ventnor Avenue in Ventnor City, New Jersey, Ninja Karate Academy. Oh, that's awesome! I mean, talk about talk about uh, being able to do that, and then, you know, go through go through and and, and get your black belt. Because I know, you know, I know a lot of people that are that are into mixed martial arts and stuff, and uh, it's yeah. it's a yeah. it's a discipline that is a, you know it is a total discipline, and you need to be committed. And uh, and my hat off to you, sir, for that. Yes, yes. So, yes. so you got. Uh, you're doing karate. You, then, then you, then now you're now you're into the uh, the boxing. You know, you're friends with these boxers, and what was boxers. what was that like? Yeah, like, you know, it, 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 it was amazing. I mean, this this seeing this going to all the the gyms in Philly and New York, and and going with the boxers that all the guys I, I grew up with turned pro, and. And uh, they want me to manage them, but I don't want to get in the management side of it. So I say, I just want to see you succeed. You know, I just want you to do good. And uh, and uh, to this day, we're, we're, we're great friends. They, they call me all the time. That's awesome. Great friends. That's awesome. Yes. Now, is there are there any like very memorable fights that you've uh, that you have attended? I'm sure the '96 fight was was one that you were there for. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, no, the, the, the one fight, uh, I'm, you know, I, I knew Tyson in the, in the eighties, but the, one of the memorable fights I went to in Atlantic city in the eighties was when Tyson beat Michael Spanks. Oh, wow. In the convention hall, Atlantic city, New Jersey. Man, you know, that was, that was, that was a great fight. I, you know, Tyson, Tyson is probably one of my, um, 
you know, favorite boxers just because, you know, I'm a kid of the, you know, born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties and nineties. And, uh, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, Tyson was everywhere. Like, you you know, video games. I mean, but just as a, um, as a fighter, like I, I, you know, it is an intimidation factor because the man is a stone cold killer and you watch him come into the ring and nothing is phasing him. Like, and you know, you, you, I've watched plenty of fights and, you know, in MMA and, 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 and all that, but it's like, I don't know when, when Tyson was coming out into the ring, it was, uh, it was game time. Like it was all seriousness and you knew that he was ready to take your head off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't see many, I don't know, maybe they are, but you don't, he just, to me, he always there, he had just had this crazy drive and maybe, you know, was growing up the way he did. And, uh, you know, not having a lot and, and wanting to better himself and do better. And yeah, I just, one. Have you, have you ever met? Have you ever met Tyson? I haven't. He's a really, really nice guy. I mean, down to earth. He's really, he's real, and he's a giving person. I mean, even when he was making all that money as a youth, he would give you the shirt off his back. And he was from Connecticut, correct? No, he was from Brownsville. Oh, oh, okay. Now, didn't he live in Connecticut for a bit? Oh yeah, he, he bought a house. He bought he bought a mansion in Connecticut that uh, Fifty Cent ended up buying after he sold it. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I yeah. knew there was a connection to him him in Connecticut at one time. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think he paid uh, I think ten million dollars for the house. It was I mean unbelievable mansion, and Fifty Cent ended up buying it for five million dollars, and then now it, it's, it's up for sale again because he he wants to sell it. I don't know if he sold it or not, but I know it was up for sale. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. But yeah, the, the uh, I, you know I, I, Mike has always struck me as a as a as he you know in my opinion as bad as bad as a motherfucker as he was, he mm-hmm. always seemed humble. Oh, very humble. You know, very humble. And I think that's probably why he connected with me and probably connected with so many other people of our generations was that humble Mm -hmm. that work ethic like Uh you know even a couple years ago when he when he decided to fight you know that exhibition fight i'm like man i i felt like he was holding back i'm like man like if he wanted to absolutely annihilate him he could just Uh because the man is just a a, he's a machine and uh nah Nothing. Um, his, his, his workouts and everything. I used to see him work out at the, at the police athletic league in Atlantic City and in the gym at Trump Plaza. I mean, he would just destroy the heavy bag like it's nothing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was like he a. He was a machine. He was a machine. You can, he was a machine. I, I loved watching his videos where he's training because it was like uh, you could just hear. You you know, being in a gym all the time, you can just hear when a guy is hitting with power. And, uh, yes. man, he yes. could – that guy could hit. He could uh-huh. hit. Well, that's that's cool. I, I love I love that. That's that's a great great story, uh, knowing that you were at that fight and, uh, you know. Absolutely. Got to witness and, and, it. And, and the Holyfield Tyson fight was just amazing. You were just there for amazing. that as well? 
Yes, yes, and I'm I, I'm good friends with Holy Man the Holyfield. Nice guy, very down to earth. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice awesome. Guy. You, you know, Evander Holyfield, another just an Iron Man too. Yes, you know, yes. I think guys like him, Ali, uh, Sugar Ray. I I, uh-huh. I mean, uh, George Foreman. You know, yes. George Foreman. What what did he he came. Back fight, he was what in his 40, 41? He was in his forties when he when he he was forty five years old when he won the championship again. Uh, He's like, another guy that I, I met many many times. Very humble man. And again, very humble. That blue collar, that blue collar, hardworking, and yes. all those guys to me always had something in common. They're all humble. All humble. All humble. You know, and that's that's why I I love those. I just love that. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it shows it shows people that even though at that time, you know, each one of those guys in their prime were larger than life, um, it shows them that they're still grounded when they show, you know, being humble and being thankful and being grateful. Um, and exactly. people people want to see that. People connect with that. And that's, uh, I, I guess that's one of the great things about when these guys go pro and and they do that and, you know, interact with their fans and that, that little, those little moments in, in, in time when, it, when, it, when somebody of that caliber interacts with a fan or, you know, it, it's, it's could be life changing for that person, but it's such a easy gesture to be kind and, and, you know, show your gratitude and, uh, exactly. you know, exactly. The, the universe rewards you when you uh, when you can go about acting and, and doing things like that you know exactly the energy you put out is the energy that you receive absolutely yeah for your yes. for years I I was you know not miserable but I would be you know kind of pissy towards people and just get irritable and and uh, it's like the second you can really like figure out how to get rid of that stuff. Uh-huh. The negativity, dealing with negative people, being around negative people. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be positive, and guess what? You're going to attract positive people. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And life is so much easier with a positive outlook and uh, positive attitude because uh, it's it's easier to be positive than it is to be negative. It's it's work it's work being a negative person. <laughs> you you got to work at that. You know, for people that are miserable, it's like, man. You'd probably be sleeping a lot better and feeling a lot better if you were smiling and laughing and, uh, you know, having a positive outlook on life. <clears throat> you know, it's when I go into my nine to five every every morning, I, uh, you know, I go in there with a cup of coffee. I'm early, throw my, you know, sit down, I read, go through, you know, social media or whatever. And then as everybody's coming in, I'm like, hey, how's it going? They're like, huh, all right. I'm like, all right. I'm like, sun shining. You're above ground, and I'm like, w- w- how bad is it? Yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm right. Like, it's just it's, exactly, and that's that's you try. You know, I try to do that. You know, going to the coffee shops. Like this morning, I ran into a friend, and it was like I was holding the door for him to come out, and he's like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And, you know, we talked for a minute and uh, caught up, and but you know, holding doors for people, smiling, you know, buying somebody a cup of coffee in the drive-through, you know, exactly. I just to me, it's like those it's those little things that could change the course for of somebody's day. And uh, and it's and it's easy and it doesn't cost you anything. (laughs) No, it doesn't. No, it's no, it doesn't. 
Um, so anyways, so you're, you're in Jersey, you get into boxing. So how did you, what, how did things go for you after you were done in the, in the, you know, working in the casinos and stuff? Um, where did life take you? Well, let, let, let's go, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. You know, I, you know, I, 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 I played, uh, football at South Carolina State University. And uh, one of my good friends uh, was Barney Bussey. He was a defensive back, and he ended up getting drafted. His rookie year, he ended up going to the Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals. We became good friends. Oh my God! He played with Mickey Woods, and um, and um, of course, they lost to San Francisco 49ers. But you know, I always root for the Bengals just because of him, and. Um, I played football, and he's like, you know, I was tired. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you're okay. I was, I was, um, uh, I, I, I was, t- I, I didn't have the fire playing football no more because it seemed like it was a job playing college football. So, um, it, but I have college was fun, you know. Uh, me, a, a, a couple guys I grew up with in Atlantic City, I convinced them to come to South Carolina State. And we started this DJ company called GMS Productions. And GMS Productions, we was doing parties, we was doing shows, we was doing everything. We was we was on the on the school board for the entertainment for homecoming. And I never forget we we booked Run DMC for the first time. Holy and shit! They, they was like, "What is this rap music?" You know, you know, you going you going to a southern school and. They don't understand this new music called hip hop or rap. So us coming from the north, now we we are we were born in that into that music. So you know we 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 knew LL Cool J and all the guys when they started with Def Jam in the, in the, in the mid '80s, the early '80s. And um, I mean, I we we was DJing, we was doing parties. And I had a rolling drum machine, and I had it connected to Every time we did a party, I would make my own beats. And people would come up to the stage and say, what's the name of that song? Can I buy that song? I said, man, this is me just playing around with this rolling drum machine. And it was like, oh, my goodness, you should, you should do something with that and, and do something with this. And, and I never thought nothing of it, you know. And, um, you know, I... I left college and ended up working in the casino industry, and um, we started up another production company. Well, it, it was still GMS Productions, and we was looking for talent in the South Jersey um, area. Yep. So we uh, signed an artist. His name was uh, Shamil MC. He was a he was a rapper, and um. um we signed him and we we uh, shot. We did a demo. Shot this demo to Def Jam. Shot this demo, Def Jam. Everybody wanted our music, but they didn't want our artists, and they wanted to sign us. We turned down so many deals as as producers because that was our thing. We we, we used to love to produce, mm-hmm. you know. And um um, you know. Looking back on it, we should have took a deal as a producer because they wanted us to produce all the Def Jam artists back in the day, you know. And that could have put our foot in the door of being, a, 
you know, the, like the Neptunes back in the day. We could have been the, the new Neptunes of the 80s. Yeah, but we was looking at a bigger picture. We wanted our own record label. We wanted our own production company. We wanted our own thing. You know, we wanted to be our own Def Jam. You yeah. know, but um, um, we uh, I mean, the songs that we did, everybody, the, uh, the radio stations was playing the was playing the demo. Everybody wanted the record, and uh, I, I never forget. Um, um, we used to have a convention that used to come to Atlantic City called the Impact Convention. And the Impact Convention was like one of the biggest music conventions in the United States at the time. You know, that's where all the new artists come and get signed. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know they, they, they do shows, they do presentations, all the record labels are there. You know, we had, we had a lot of deals on the table. With, uh, we had another artist named TQ. He went to college with us, and uh, we had a song called "Africa's Your Motherland," and we we used this, we used the sample from um, um, uh, Quincy Jones. We used a Quincy Jones sample, and um, everybody wanted to sign the artist. Greg Peck, that worked for Polygram Records, said, "Man, I need I need an album like this," and they and. You know, every time we were on the table of getting signed to a big, big multi-million dollar record deal, the A&R guy or the vice president of Polygram or RCA would get fired. So that was our that was our uh, claim to fame. But in the 80s, I started, I managed a kid named LaMarshall Figs. So LaMarshall Figs got signed to Tommy Boy Records. He got him signed to Tommy Boy Records. And Tommy Boy formed the group Digital Underground. Oh my God! With Shock G and Tupac and all of them, and we got our first uh, gold record off a of No No Nose job. And uh, uh, MC Clever was in the group, and we met Tupac and knew all the artists, Shock G, everybody. So you know, everybody was saying that it's a gimmick, it's a gimmicky type of group, it's a gimmicky, gimmick, you know, it's, it's a clown song, but everybody liked it. You know, yep. you know, Shock G just recently passed away and uh, he was living down here in Florida. For me, he was living in Tampa, but he just passed away. God rest his soul uh, two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, I'm sorry about yeah. that. Um, but um, um, the music business was uh, uh, we, we did a lot of things in the music business. Um, then, like I said, they had the impact convention. And I don't know if you know Rodney Jerkins. Rodney Jerkins from our era. We all grew up together. He's a lot younger than me. Okay. But, but Rodney Jerkins was about six, 15, 16 years old. And he was like, uh, they had the impact convention. And my, my college roommate was doing the security for the convention. He has his own security company. <laughs> and he said, he's a, he, everybody called me by my last name, Beck. He Beck, man, can you get me in this in this convention? Can you can you sneak me in? Can you get me in? I said, man, I said you're 15 years old. You're gonna get me in trouble. And he had all his demos, all his music, because he was, you know, he's a good producer. Yeah. 15 years old, he's like a a, a, a genius producer at a, at a young age, and um, I end up meeting Teddy Riley. And Teddy Riley liked his music so much that he got him a. a a uh, big deal, and he got his first break, and um, and uh, he became famous from there. He did uh, a lot of songs for uh, uh, SWV. He did songs for, uh, for um, what's the group that uh, 
Beyonce was in Destiny Child. He, he oh. produced Destiny Child. Oh wow! He, he, he produced Mary J. Blige. He produced Michael Jackson. He produced everybody that was out there back in the nineties and two thousands. He's in California now. Now he's doing movie scores and stuff like that, show scores. So it's it's, it's good to be part of his success. Coming from Atlantic City, New Jersey, he, he's from not Atlantic City, but Pleasantville. Pleasantville, Atlantic City is almost the same, right next to each other. Yeah. But um, he is well known in the music industry, and he's a good friend of mine. Oh, that's awesome! And, yes. and he's and he's from your neighborhood. He's from your yes. area. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother. His brother Freddie is around my. He's a little bit younger than me, but Freddie is well known in the gospel music. And um, um, him and Freddie were partners in that whole uh, production called Dark Child Music, Dark Child Records, Dark Child Production. And uh, they produced everybody that was out there back in the day. Nice. Oh, yes. that, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and, and man, I say it more more than more times than one. Music connects connects people. And it uh, absolutely it does absolutely. does so many different things on so many different levels and yeah, I I love I love stories like that. I love hearing that. You know, it's uh, success stories are great, and and it, and success stories when your friends are successful and you're successful, it's even yeah. better. It's even better. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it, it's like almost like how they say it, seven degrees of separation. Everybody's connected to each other. We are in some type of way, and um, um. Uh, another story I got to tell you, um, my karate teacher, Malcolm Perkins, uh, was college roommates with a, uh, a gentleman that I was really close to. Um, uh, they went to Penn, not Penn State, but they went to, um, um, uh, Mr. College, Philly. Um, I forgot the name of the college, but they were college roommates. Okay. And his name was Lewis, Lewis Katz. And Lewis Katz, I worked with Lewis Katz at the casino, and he uh, was so successful in the in the parking business. He uh, he did he owned the parking for Madison Square Park Garden. He did the parking for um, the Spectrum, and uh, he ended up selling his parking business and end up uh, uh, buying uh, the Jersey Devil hockey team. Oh my God. <laughs> then he was part owners of of the New York Yankees. Then he was part owner of the he was the owner of the, the the New Jersey Nets basketball team. Oh my god! And he and he and he, and he won a championship with the with the Jersey Devil uh, hockey team. And we became, I mean, great friends, great friends. I mean, he introduced me to his best friends, best friend that was um, um, Ed Snyder that he owned Comcast. Ed Snyder. Owned the Phillies, and Snyder owned the, the Sixers. So I mean, it was like like you said, everybody was connected to each other. Everybody became great and, and very close friends. That's that's awesome because you know that's <clears throat> when you're successful and you can share your success with others and and help Absolutely. help lift Absolutely. help and lift other people up. And, and and you know I say this you know whether whether there's 20 people that listen to this or, you know, 150 or 200 people. It's like, uh-huh. if you are in a position where you can 
and it it doesn't even have to be monetary. It could be sharing a social media post of, of somebody's. It could be, you know, just just a positive interaction, maybe a little bit of positive reinforcement that somebody maybe, you know, down on their luck. Like, hey, you know, uh-huh. if you need a, need an ear, give me a call. Exactly. I'm, I'm here to talk, exactly. you know, and that's that's what it's all about. And, and you know, that's what it's all about. You know, if everybody figured that out and uh, and if everybody operated like that, uh, world would be a lot better place. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But, you know, and yeah. hey, not everybody can be positive and do that. And and that's why I feel like, you know, folks like us, uh, you know, we put out a positive vibe. We put out a positive message. We we want and encourage others to do well and be positive. And, you know, I feel like, you know, people like us are, uh, you know, we're kind of like not, not a, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm there, there's a word that I'm trying to use to describe, you know, like a, like a bearer of the torch, if you will, you know, like, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be making people happy. I'm supposed to be having positive conversations. I'm supposed to be lifting other people up. I'm supposed to be helping other people out. You know, I feel like that's 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 why we're here. That's what we're here to do. Like be positive and uh it's just man, it's it's just it's so easy to be positive and uh and then the results through positivity are just uh are what really blow me away. You know, when the when things line up in the universe and, and that energy that you're putting out there, you know, I feel it comes back <clears throat> 10, 50, 60 times what you put put out, like because other people are, are receptive to that and start taking in that that energy, you know, and just yeah, it's just a. a I don't know. Just, just, just my little thought on that whole, <laughs> on that yeah. whole thing. Well, uh, we had a we had a recording studio. We had our first recording studio in the nineties, and um, um, you know, we were dealing with a lot of producers all over California, and we came up with the idea. People thought we was crazy of music sharing, file sharing over the internet. Okay. And, you know, we try to get a patent. We try to tell the banks about it so we can get a loan through the banks to get it. You know, we had this idea of music sharing over the Internet and, and sharing files to other producers all over the world. And people didn't they looked at us like we was crazy. And look what happened. Napster got it done. Napster filed it, filed the patent. Napster did the music sharing. And, and look at Apple Music. Look, look at that. I, I know, and, and you know it's it's funny because like you got Apple Music, you have Spotify, iHeartRadio, all these avenues, and excuse me, I feel it's a blessing and it's a curse. Yeah, it's a blessing because I feel that the music can get out to people that would uh-huh. have never had access to say you know, I can't get to a record store or we don't have a mall or a music store anywhere near where we live, you know, any part of the world where somebody can get, uh, you know, an, whether it's an iPhone or an MP3 player or, you know, if, if they still sell those, I don't know. <laughs> but it's like now everybody has a mini computer in their hand and you, 
you know, you can listen to any music any from anywhere in the world. And I that just and at any point in time, you know, I could wake up at 1230 in the morning and be like, oh, I want to listen to Pavarotti or I want to listen to Creedence Clearwater Revival or, oh, you know, I'm going to put Chuck Berry on or whatever. Exactly. Like like that, that blows my mind. And yeah. and I I love it for that. I don't love it for what it does to the artist as far as, you know, I feel like so many of those companies just took advantage of the artists uh-huh. and it's like, you know, what are they getting like fractions of a cent, you know, for, for, yeah. for, and it's like, you know, and then when they tour, you know, when, when an artist that I support and love comes around, I, I feel I need to go because I want to uh-huh. see that artist and then I need to buy merchandise while I'm there because I need to support that artist, you know, and, and I feel like yeah. the merchandise, you know, I feel vinyls kind of making a comeback. Um, uh-huh. I know uh, Jack White from uh, the White Stripes and um, he uh, he he lives down in Tennessee and he just bought he had or, you know, opened a record, um, a printing company. Um, where he's okay. pr- where he's pressing albums and and doing it like it's like a thing, and I know uh, Metallica bought a printing company to do record to do vinyls, and it's like yeah. I love I love that, I love it I love it I love it I love getting a record I you know I still listen to vinyl, and oh yeah it, it's I just love vinyl. it's just the imperfection. Like you can hear the rawness in it. It's not cleaned up. It's not. It's not always pretty, but it's. I mean, that's what it was. It was. It's just. Yeah. It takes you back to it. You know, when I when I put a vinyl record on, um, it takes me back to when I was a kid, when my grandmother had vinyl records playing. You know, and that's like I. I just, oh man, I love vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we started our own record label back in 1993 called Nubian Records. Okay. And uh, we put out an artist called The Mad General. And uh, we uh, went to a a music convention in Atlanta called Jack the Rapper. And uh, that's when we uh, we met uh, uh, Master P. Master P, uh, we gave, you know, back then... Promoting your artist, you had to, to promote your, your records and tapes, cassette tapes, out of the trunk of your car. So what, what we did, we had Nubian Records t-shirts and posters and tapes and vinyl. We gave a lot to Puffy. Puffy gave us uh, the, a lot of his stuff of uh, Craig Mack and Biggie. And uh, Master P was, was promoting his brother, Silk the Shocker. So we took a lot of his stuff. And he took a lot of our stuff and promoted our stuff in the South. And we were promoting Dr. Shocker and Biggie and stuff in the Atlantic City area. That's awesome. So that's how we used to, that's how we networked back in, back in the early 90s, you know. It was and a much I, simpler time, we, wasn't it? Yes, yes. You know. Yes, so that, uh, it was, it, it, you know, I think of the music industry now to compare to when it was back there. It's so much easier for artists to promote and market their own music now than it was back then when we was coming up yeah because you, you you were you were actually out on the streets doing the leg exactly. work we had we but I, I but back then you had a lot of mom and pop record stores that that they don't have that no more 
but that that's gone. I and but, that you was know, we had a lot of mom and pop record stores, and we had a lot of mom and pop radio stations also. Yep, I miss so, um, I miss I miss know, all that. It was, it was a different time. It was a different time. Sure was. Yeah, going into going into your local record store, or you know, I mean, every mall had Fi Music, or uh, you know, uh, we have. Uh, there's, you know, there were a bunch of them. There's still, we get Newberry Comics, which is like a, I guess it's like a Massachusetts thing. There's a bunch of them out yeah. towards the eastern mm-hmm. part. Um, mm-hmm. We still have one in Northampton. And that's, I'll go over there, you know, when there's new vinyl releases, I'll, I, I pop in there and I'll grab some vinyl. Or then I go, of course, then I sit there for three hours going, <laughs> going through, through all the used stuff that came in, you know, that came in. <laughs> And it's like, oh wow, where did the three hours go? Like, oh, we actually got to yeah. do something. But um, yeah, the, the 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 record shops and and yeah, when you you go there, and then bands would be at the record store doing signings uh-huh. on CDs or, or or you know the the yeah, vinyl. They, they, they do they do uh, uh, CD signing. Yes. And tape signing. Yes. Yes. That, that was the best. Yep. That was the that was the best. You know, I I'm so happy I was able to grow up in that era and experience that kind of thing. Like, you know, as a kid, I was, uh, I was, I got big into like the, um, the punk and hardcore scene back in the, it was like the early, early nineties, like 92, 93. And, uh, you know, my parents were awesome. They let me go to shows, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to all ages shows at like 13, 14. And I'm like, just like getting my mind blown by you know yeah. these 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 hardcore punk rock bands and it was like holy shit yeah. and it yeah. but it was well it, you know me as a producer you know that my producer name back in the 80s was sampler b and i i, I used to sample everything i had the mp i was one of the first ones in my neighborhood to have a, a lindrum mp mpc 60 sampling drum machine this is back in the 80s and i used to sample tom sawyer and all these other rock records and come up with my own beats and snippets and stuff like Hell that. Hell yeah. And um, um, it was just amazing just creating a painting with snippets of, of, of music and coming up with your own idea, flipping it, making it go reverse and, and just changing the pitch of it, and, you know, speeding it up, slowing it down, making all types of kicks and snares and sampling. You know, that, that was, I was that one, I was that, that young kid in the basement with your mother and fans, turn that music down. And not, not knowing that that's, that's keeping me out of trouble. Just meeting me in the basement, just making music, just making beats. I wasn't on the streets dealing drugs and, 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 and getting in trouble. I was, I was very creative. I was always creative. Well, you know what? A creative artistic minds, you know, we operate differently, you know, you know, and you know, I, I like, I had, you know, I, you know, our, our, our buddy Dex and I always talk about it. Like it, we have trouble shutting it off sometimes, <laughs> you know, trying to shut it off. And it's like, and it's like, cause you know, I feel like I always want to do better. You know, I always want to, want to, you know, every time I do something, I want it better than the last time I did it. And, you know, and, and it's like, I don't know. I had a spiritual awakening a couple of years ago. Okay. And uh, it put me on this path, you know, it put me on the path to be able to do the podcast. Um, 
you know, it, right. things right. Cha- things changed in my life. And then I, you know, I interacted with people and, and started talking. And, and, you know, one of the true blessings of social media is I connected with, you know, Ricardo uh, Grimm, Dex, one of Dex's mm-hmm. and, and Cornell. Another artist I was working with. <laughs> yeah, he, so, man, what a what a fucking humble, and, and he he inspired me to, to start this podcast. You know, he he really? yes, I didn't know that. Yeah, so so I met Grim and I. We started talking. It's been a minute. It's been probably about a year, a year and a half or so. Um, maybe a yeah. little less than that. But I, I, I'm so I'm so used to. They're using his old name, Bread. I, I keep on forgetting his, his name is Grim, but I used to call him Bread back in the day. Yeah, now he's he's rebranded and had, he's had a he's had a rebirth. Yes, he had a rebirth. You know, rebirth, and so. I think sometimes that's the best thing for your soul is you yeah. need to you need to refine you know refining that fire and you know because we all have it we all have a fire we all have it you know some people's just gets extinguished some people's it just burns very low because they don't know how to do do something or they're afraid to make a change and it's like once you kind of slow down start listening to the universe start focusing on certain things and changing the way you operate it's like holy shit like yes. it's life changing, but, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. He, absolutely. he, he inspired me, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I was doing some writing some music at, in my house. Um, uh-huh. you know, I had gotten hurt. I was in an accident for, and I was laid up for a bit. Um, and, and, uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm fucking depressed and this and that. And, you know, and, and Grim was getting ready to start releasing music and, you know, his social media presence. So, you know, I shared something with him and then, you know, him and I just started exchanging conversation, you know, through, 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 you know, messaging. And, uh, and then I'm like, you know, man, I'm, I'm going to start this podcast. You know, I've been thinking about doing it and I'm going to do it. And he's like, yeah, bro, you don't fucking do it. And I said, well, if I do it, would you come on at some point? And he's like, yeah, I'll fuck, I'll fucking come on. So I'm like, absolutely. All right. He's another He's another humble artist. I mean, he is—he is the real deal. He—he's he is the real deal. He—he he really is, and you know, um, again, like, just the way the universe worked, and him and I, you know, connected, you know, and then Cornell, it was like, boom, boom, like holy shit, and then it's like. I, you know, I, I love those two. I, I, I honest, I love those guys, you know, their energy that they put out and what I'm putting out towards them. And, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's funny, you know, it, it, with, with Dex, you know, him and I, him and I feel spiritually connected and uh, he's just, he's the best. And, you know, he's another one that's been like my, uh, you know, a mentor towards me and how I do things and, and, being a creative mind also, you know, to talk to. And, uh, and it's so nice to have somebody to talk to like that, that can, that knows kind of what you're going through and trying to, you know, go through the motions with you and, and help you. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I got into doing this. And then it was just like, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start having more conversations with more people. And, uh, 
it's it's like I absolutely love this. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be having positive conversations with people and lifting them up and talking about their lives because absolutely people absolutely. you know people love to tell their story. People like to hear you know people's story, absolutely. and I think that's just you know being a being a good a good human and and, and you know human interest stories. I mean because it at the end of the day, it affects you, um, whether it's in a positive way or a negative way. Um, you know, there's, I, I just, I, I, I like making that connection with people. Um, but enough about me. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so, you know, you knew Grimm back in the day and, uh, what he, and where he's at now. And again, beautiful person, love, love, yes. love him to death and love what he's doing. Um, and I'm looking forward he's to, a star. He's a he, star. He, he is, and and what he, and what he's doing too is totally different. Like, to, 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 he's he's on another level. Like it's uh-huh. it's it's very different, and and I love that. Um, yes. Um, I, I I shopped uh, bread and Gogo Morrow and uh, another artist Nero to uh, Enniscoe Records to Jimmy Iovine and. Um, they wanted he wanted to sign them, but the deal wasn't what they wanted at the time. And I was dealing with a production company uh, named The Matrix, and uh, they didn't want to do the deal, so that deal did never happen. That was I think two thousand and wow, two thousand ten maybe about thirteen years ago. Time flies, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, and. Uh, a long, a long story. A, a long story short, uh, Gogo Morrow ended up signing to Enniscoe Records anyway about a year ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So she signed to Enniscoe Records now. She she has a, 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 a she put out an album uh, last year. She was on um, the BET Awards. She was on a whole bunch of uh, shows, and her videos are nice. And I think I sent you some of our material. Yeah, you sent me a lot of stuff, and it, it, yeah, I, 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 appre- I appreciate that because it was like, uh, you know, uh, just. I, I didn't. I didn't want to over. I didn't want to over overwhelm you with a lot of stuff. No, and so. I, but I appreciate that because I, I love, I love seeing stuff that I normally wouldn't see or no- normally wouldn't check out. Um, and, yeah. and I love when people do that. Like, hey, check out this. Go check out that. You know. You know, people people do that to me all the time. Oh, go check out this band. They're a local band where I'm from, but you'll you'll love them. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, awesome. Yeah, They'll yeah. I was also in, in the '90s. I was managing a, a young lady. Her name was Blue Raspberry. She was the only female artist that was part of Wu Tang back in the '90s. Yep, yep. I, yeah. I I I'm very familiar with her. I I follow her too on uh yeah on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Another great human. I mean, she her voice is just amazing. I remember taking her up to uh, to New York to Apollo and she won the Apollo four times in a row. Nobody wins the Apollo four times in a row. <laughs> her voice is that powerful. So Wu-Tang signed her and um, you know, that's how her career started. Doing hooks and singing with Wu-Tang. That's awesome. Talk, talk about an influential band. You know. Yes. And, and yes. And it's funny because a lot of those, a lot of these bands you're talking about, like they, 
they help and in these musicians help shape an entire genre of music absolutely like absolutely. you know in what hip hop just had its 50th right 50 years yep, this year did. like I, you know i remember as a you know i was you know who i was exposed to hip hop out here out here in east hampton massachusetts western mass we're, we're a farming community it was the beastie boys what year was this what what year did, did, did was you exposed to hip hop so it was when the beastie boys came out Oh wow! So it was the Beastie. Exactly. It was the Beastie Boys, and it was like, yeah. And then I saw the Beastie Boys, and I'm like, "Holy shit! This is three white dudes." <laughs> like, you know, and and it, but again, that again in my head now, I'm like, "Well, okay, cool. They're three white dudes. They're doing what they love, and they're yeah. successful." And and it and that was like. That was like one of the first times I think, um, like I had a seed in my head, like, you know, and I always, we grew up in a wicked, you know, my parents were hippies, um, back in the day. And, uh, it was a very, very, very relaxing, um, just a very good vibe. My, my fan, you know, everybody had, there was always music on. And, uh, you know, my parents were super cool. They, They let me do a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, I was yeah. a good kid. I didn't get in trouble um, uh-huh. because I always, always occupied. I was always doing something. Yeah. Um, but yet yeah, that time it, it kind of put the thing in my head. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter your color. It doesn't matter your size. You know, it doesn't no. matter anything. No. It's like you can do it if you want to, and you mm-hmm. love what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, growing up like that and like my mom, uh, my dad's youngest brother, introduced me to like heavy metal okay and, all right and it was like you know my mom we we always had my mom was always playing like cream and zeppelin and hendrix and uh the who the beatles you know uh-huh. queen queen was queen I, I i always shout out to queen when i'm doing my podcast because i absolutely love yeah. queen <laughs> you, you know just another level very very beautiful humans um Queen, um, but do bands. Remember, do you remember the, the group back in the eighties, Third Base, the MC Search? Yes. Yeah, that was another group that I was good friends with MC Search and Third Base back in the eighties. You know, it was a, it was a lot of rappers back back in the eighties that was coming out that was represented hip hop. You know, and you know what's funny is all those guys that didn't get the breaks that others did and had huge commercial success. It's like those guys were the guys that paved the way for everybody else. Yes, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. that's it's it's funny because there, in every genre of music, I feel there's bands out there um, mm-hmm. that just that are like, how do these guys go like solo profile? Like, why didn't anybody hear about them? You know, the music's awesome. Their message is awesome. It's just like, and and I and I. I love finding music like that, but it like, and then you find out like, Oh, they haven't been together for 25 years and you know, certain members are passed on and it's like, Oh man. Okay. Yeah. But you can always go buy that vinyl or buy that CD or download it on your phone and the music's there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Apple music, Apple music. (laughs) You know, I, I, like I said, I love and hate it at the same time, but, uh, yeah, Yeah. I'm just happy it can connect with so many people. Um, 
So, yeah. So you you you've been in the game for a while. Yeah, since the eighties. I've been in the game since the eighties. Since the eighties, and and how do you feel? Since how is how is it? How has it gotten? Like, do you do you enjoy it still? Do you love doing what you're doing? Repeat that again. Do you enjoy what you're doing? Do you do you still love doing what you're doing? Oh, I, I still love music. I still love music, and uh, you know that's gonna that's, that's gonna be a part of me probably to the to forever, forever. You know, I'm still I'm still a member of the Recording Academy for the Grammys. You know, I was an ambassador for the Grammys. So good. Uh, congratulations. Love these. I was I was part of the Philadelphia chapter. That's awesome. It'll be Gordon Academy, yes. But you know what? What a, what a what an accomplishment in your life to 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 be able to say that because not a lot of people can say that. So that, that's <laughs> good for you, man. I, like I'm I'm truly truly happy for you in that aspect of your life. Thank that's you. that's Thank beautiful. You. you know, are, are you yeah. are you still active doing things musically? Uh. Right now, I, I was managing my son-in-law. Okay. Uh, his name is Wolfgang Jock. I think I sent you some of his stuff. Yep. But um, he he uh, is taking some time off, and uh, me and uh, my college partners that we had GMS Productions, we had Nubian Records. We started a tech technology company in two thousand and eight. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we work on something really really big. At a, I want you to remember this conversation and uh we're about to come out with something that's groundbreaking very very soon that's awesome mm-hmm. another another major accomplishment in your life absolutely that's awesome now uh yep. so so let's we're gonna i want to rewind just a little bit um okay so you're in the 80s you're doing this you, you go into the 90s you're going th- doing music um, now. What now? I know the landscape going from the '80s to '90s. What was it like when it switched over into the 2000s? Oh, it was it, everything was changing. Like even the, the sound of the hip hop. Uh, you know, you had the Neptunes that was coming out in the late '90s and uh, early 2000s. You know, with samples and singing riffs and singing hooks and uh you know the music changed a lot you know our r&b and hip-hop was 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 merging very very well back then you know yeah it's so. it, and i and i <clears throat> it's i know for a while it seemed to kind of get away from what it was mm-hmm. you know and uh, i think you know i don't know if it's you know, I, I feel felt like the '80s. Everything was in excess and overabundance, and just fucking over the top. And then the '90s. I don't know. I felt like it kind of got real again. Yeah. Then I felt uh-huh. like in the 2000s, you know, beginning to mid, it started to have another shift, and it started to get like kind of excessive again and like yeah. over the top. And then now I feel like things are back to like. I mean, there's so many underground people that are coming, and maybe it's just because of the internet and the yeah. exposure everybody gets now. Um, which, again, you know, it's a it's a double edged sword, but it's um, 
but it's awesome because there's there's so many underground people doing underground things like you know doing this podcast you know um a friend of mine ronzo uh cartwright uh who's uh-huh. singer in a band out of uh nashville stone deep um he yeah. was he was in the hardcores before that um you know they were they started mixing rap and metal you know and hard uh-huh. rock back in the 80s um uh-huh. and then you know went into the 90s and you know he he opened up for ice tea and body count um wow you know he, wow. he he's wicked good dude the music's great um uh-huh. but you know he was telling me he's like man what you're doing is fuck this is underground and i'm like <laughs> you know what i'm like you're i never really thought of it like that he's like yeah he's like you're He's like, you're giving people a voice to talk in an environment where there's nothing like there's no no limits what we're doing. And, uh, you know, and and we're connecting with people and we're having these conversations and there's, you know, nobody's timing me. Nobody's telling me I can't say this or I can't say that or, oh, you know what, don't talk about that artist or don't t- you can talk about. The-. It's like, no, we're we're fucking we're keeping it real. This is real. And it's, yeah. I feel, and I said, oh, all right. I said, yeah, man, I, I feel that now. And now I get it. And he's like, yeah, man, this is the fucking underground. I'm like, all yeah. right. So I, I like, I like, I never thought I would get into doing podcasts and listening to them. And the more I do it and the more I listen to them and the more I interact with people, I'm like, this is, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Cornell says hello, and uh, Grimm's Grimm says salute. They're, they're, <laughs> Tom, I said I, I love both those brothers. Tom, I love them and I miss them. Man. I'm glad they're still in the music industry, and a lot of the artists that I worked with back in back in the past is still doing their thing. And you know, uh, Grimm, even my artist Nero that I used to work with back in the day, Nero, he's still coming out with new music and. And, and a lot of other artists from the past are still doing their thing, which is great. It, 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 it keeps it keeps me going. It keeps my spirit going when I hear great music. That's awesome. Yeah, Dex is loves <laughs> he loves you too, and he misses you. He wants to, he All wants right. to miss you in your town. So, yeah, you, you guys will have to connect again at some point. That's all. Absolutely, we all gonna connect because. Uh, like I, I told you, uh, that uh, I started a technology company back in 2008, and um, it, it, it's going to be geared around artists and music, also. Hell yeah! Um, you're gonna you're gonna look back at this conversation and say, "Yeah, he told me about that, and now I know what it is." <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I look yeah, I look awesome. forward to that. I look forward to whatever it may be that you have com- coming up. I, 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 I absolutely. We want to we want to have to have a, a, a second interview when that comes to you know comes hell yeah man yeah Grim says he loves you. he says I love you Rob you always been 100% he says I love Absolutely. Tim you already know bro bro yeah good good <laughs> like you know it's 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 these text messages it's you know the phone calls the interactions and these fucking guys and and, and everybody it's like that that positive mindset and, and, and lifting other people up, it you build on that. And and yeah. once that momentum gets going, it's like man, man. <clears throat> it, it it it's overwhelming sometimes. Yes. You know? Yes. 
I know at night I sit down and I have to, <clears throat> I try to meditate every night. And it could be for a minute, it could be two, two minutes, it could be five minutes, you know, and I, and I just, I'm able just to tune out and I just like, it's kind of like a, uh, when you flush the toilet, it's kind of like a flush, like, okay, yeah. going to let go of everything today. Let go of my, you know, anything negative tomorrow's a new day. It's a clean slate. Let's just start over. And it's like you wake and, and I find I get up in the morning and I'm like, okay, let's go. Time, time, time to take on the day. And I, and I enjoy that. And I enjoy waking up and taking on the day. There, there were times, I, I, I don't know if you ever went through any type of depression, um, but, you know, I've been there and it's like, man, some days it's like, man, I got to get out of bed. Like, yeah. like what the hell? Yeah. Like, you know, but, you know, again, being able to co- connect with positive people and do things positively and, uh, you know, other people. And you got to surround yourself by positive energy all the time and positive people. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. That's 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 what that's what life's about. Surrounding yourself with nothing but positive energy, positive people. Like even when I was coming up, and you know, and even in the business realm, was surrounding myself with people like Lewis Cass and Ed Snyder. Those guys started from nothing, became billionaires, and even when they were billionaires, they still was close to me. Still took me out to dinner and we went places, and, you know. And and, I, and their, their energy was still positive. And Still strong and, and still, you know, outgoing, and it, you know, they're just even though those guys are deceased now, um, you know, their memories are always going to be in my heart. And that's it, you know, having having the memories, having having time, having moments, you know, and, and you know, there's always those moments too, and you know, I call them the sometimes they're a defining moment in your life, where uh-huh. the trajectory of the course of your life changes. You know, sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it could be for the worst. But being able to, you know, share those with people and 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 enjoy those moments with with people. And and then you're building memories. And it's like, even though they're not here and I feel like even though people pass on, they're still that energy is still with us. Oh, yeah. That energy is still still in the the atmosphere. Yes, absolutely. At all times. You know, and, and another thing I always say too, and you know, I feel when when a, when a close friend dies or a family member, a small piece of me dies with them, and I don't yeah. know if that's what keeps us connected to them in the afterlife. I I don't know I don't know because I try to wrap my head around this stuff sometimes, and it's like okay, because you know I, I'll I'll ask for guidance from you know deceased friends or family members or you know, a higher power and, and, and majority of the time I'm, I, it'll come to me like, Oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Like, and, 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 uh, this is to say something as far as the spirit is still in the atmosphere. Today is the anniversary of, of, of Dane. That was one of Grimm's producers when we first met. And he, he died two years ago today. Oh. So that that proves it to me that his, his energy is still in the atmosphere and he's still watching over everybody. Well, shout out to him and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully yeah, he's uh, 
he's with us doing this, you know. Hey, he, he could have he could have been one of the one of the powers that uh, brought this together, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the, one of the one of the best producers that came out of the Philadelphia area, and he was just amazing. He, right before he right before he passed away, he produced uh, Rick Ross. Produced a song for Rick Ross. Holy shit! Wow, nice. Yeah. So you know. Well, you know, it, we were all close. We were all close. And you know, and it's, it's again, like I said, when they move on, but they're still here with us, you know, and, and and that's, and then the the thing that we can do is we can keep their memory alive by honoring them, by doing good things, by, by doing something that they would have done. And, and, you know, that, that's, I think the, the, the biggest honor is, you know, to, to do that for loved ones or, you know, family or friends or whatever is to keep their memory alive. Absolutely. Long live Dante Dame. Matrix 100 Grim. That's right. There is Dante Dame. Dame was a great, great human being, great producer. Uh, I mean, just amazing person. Just amazing person. It's, it's, you know, what's funny is, uh, it seems like a lot of genuine good people, always die at the wrong time and you know i feel like sometimes the most horrible and vile of people can hang out and live into their elder years and just be complete scum and then it's like you have beautiful people that just you know and i'm not saying i'm just saying a, a an artistic a beautiful good person gets extinguished too early and you know, I, I try to grasp that. Like, why? why? Why did they have to leave? Well, maybe, maybe there's, I don't know. Maybe that was, they need to be somewhere else. I don't know. It just, I but, always. But, but, I, but Tim, we, we are here only a short time. I, you may think it's a long time, but it's a very short time that we're on this planet Earth in human form. I know. And it's crazy. You know, it's like, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still young. I'm only 44. But I've raised four kids. I've got one out of college, one a senior in college, and my two boys both are graduates of high school and they're working in the trades. Um, Congratulations. That's an that's that's amazing accomplishment. Thank you. I, I appreciate yes. that. Yeah, Raising kids was, uh, you know, before I had kids, I was always in the garage. You know, I was always, I always liked fast cars and I was always you know, working on my car and street racing and being an asshole when I was younger. <laughs> and Speaking of uh, street racing, they're going to open up, uh, where they work in Atlantic City, working on building a racetrack in the, right outside the city. Really? They have a racetrack there. Yes, yes. That's going to be something big that's going to happen in the next two or three years. Oh, my God. That's, you know, that's one thing. It's like people don't realize these tracks, the racetracks, those attract uh-huh. kid. Those get those pull kids off the streets. Yeah. Those keep kids from getting hurt on the streets, and it's like, I mean, they're and I'm not condoning street racing, but I used to absolutely love street racing because yeah. it was a, the adrenaline and it was it was dangerous, and uh-huh. you know, I I I always tried to not ever put anybody else's life in jeopardy you know if i was no, going street race no. it would be like i'm in a street race by myself and then mm-hmm. i'll pick up if i have p- passengers or whatever it's yeah. I, I 
I'm going to tell you this quick little story, not to not to take away from what we're talking about, but uh-huh. one night I, I was dating my wife, uh-huh. and I had my car, and there was these street races down in Holyoke, and it was you know yeah. real real underground shit, and we're hanging out in the Kmart Plaza, and we're you know waiting for people to race or whatever, and another buddy of mine, Alex, he was there with his Mustang, and I'm like, hey, you want to race? Yeah, we'll race. Him and I raced from light to light. And then we decide to race again. Uh-huh. You know, we kept going. We didn't like let off. Yeah. We just kept going. And then uh-huh. I had my brother in the car and I'm like, and we had turned around. And it's a double lane highway or road. And there's a guardrail down the middle, you know, so you got to go down and then come loop all the way back around. So we're looping back up to come back up to where everybody was. And uh-huh. I see blue lights coming the other way. I'm like, wow, what the fuck? So my brother's like, well, just just like slow down and I'll get out of the car. And, he, and he's like, and I'll get Dawn home, my wife. And, you know, he was he had his girlfriend. I had my girlfriend there. It happens. I married her. And uh, there was a bunch of my friends. And I and I and I took off and I ran and I wow. eventually got home after like hiding I was hiding down side streets and I watched the cars go cops go by. Then I wait a minute. Then I take off. It was like, it was a shit show, but it's like, you know, here I am this kid doing all this stupid shit and I get home and, you know, and my wife, my girlfriend at the time absolutely hated me for that. Like, I can't believe you left me down there. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> but you know, it you know, it, it, we end up getting married and having four kids, and it's just like you never know where life is going to take you. You never know what direction it's going to go into. You know, something I I, I love doing, and and you know, driving like an idiot, and then you have kids, and it's like, oh man, I can't. I'm not supposed to be doing that anymore. No, you no. know, things get put you know, into perspective. When, when, you, when you're young like that, you think that you're indestructible. Y- you do. And it's, you know, <laughs> it, I still feel like I have those, I have moments like that where it's like, oh, I can, yeah, I can do this. And it's like, hey, idiot, your back, your back isn't 20 years old. It's 44 years old. So, yeah, your, your, your mind says yes, but your body says no. Isn't it funny how that works the older we get? <laughs> That's how that works. You know, it, I, my biggest, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I used to ride bike a lot. I was a BMX kid and, uh, oh, wow. okay. we, 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 I used to race, you know, my mom, you know, would always taking us to the races, you know, Friday nights, me and my brother, we raced BMX and, uh, that was a huge part of my youth, um, riding bikes and BMX and dirt jumps. And, uh, you know, here we are in 2023, the attic of my barn, um, with, with my, my friends who, who, who are big into BMX that were professional riders, we ended up converting the attic of our barn into a BMX skate park. So it's all ramps and all this stuff and, and kids go up, you know, they can go up there and ride it, Now it's just family and close friends that go up there. Um, yeah. but we've had people from all over the world come over to ride that spot. Um, so it's kind of a big thing, but again, it's, it's something when I was a kid, just riding BMX dirt jumping and like, I never would have thought I'd have that for my kids to experience and enjoy, uh-huh. you know, it's uh-huh. just, it's, it's just, it's weird. Again, 
things in life that affected you in your youth, uh-huh. you know, sometimes it comes back full circle, it, you know, when you get older, like it, it, it's still a part of you. You're not sure if it's the, how, how it's going to stay a part of you. And then it just comes full circle and it's like, okay, yeah, now it's back in your life. Like, okay. You know, I don't know if you've had things in your life that, you know, like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, it's, it's things that, you know, I used to do as a kid and say, wow, I really did that. I mean, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't want my kids to, like, I used to go dirt bike riding all the time. I used to ride my bike to different cities on the, on the highway. I would never let my kids do any, any of that type of stuff. But we did it as a kid because we thought it was cool. It, we lived in a yeah. different era, too. Yes, yes, we did. We, yes. we lived in a different era. You know, people weren't distracted with their cell phones while they're driving. Yeah, and, right, right. You know, and you have a, you basically have a computer on your dashboard now with the newer cars, you know, uh-huh. with all your music settings and all your climate control settings, everything digital, and then you can th- pull the map up if you're using Google Maps or whatever. It's like uh-huh. back when we were kids, it was like it was raw iron with four tires driving around. Like they were paying attention where they were going, <laughs> you know, totally different, totally different time. And, you know, I, you know, as a kid too, I remember like on my street, like we live, it's a pretty built up area now, but it was like, you know, we'd yeah. see like maybe a dozen cars go by during the day. Absolutely. And, and now it's like, we'll see 200 cars go by. And it's like, oh, okay, like, oh yeah, time, times are changing. It's there's more people, um, but everybody's everybody's always occupied. It seems like they're always occupied, like preoccupied. Even when you're driving, everybody's like preoccupied with with uh, whatever, like just life or you know, social media or whatever. I don't know. It's it, different, just yeah. a different time. Um, yeah. So. Any, anyways, so you've been doing this for a long time, loving what you're doing. The tech I'm company. Not a life. You're, I can't believe I'm 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 sixty years old. I'm sixty years. Let's turn sixty in July. Happy happy belated birthday! And I I know when thank we. Thank you, thank you. I, I keep myself. I try to eat healthy, stay in shape, I work out, meditate, I pray. And people look at me and say, "Man, there's no way you're sixty years old." I said, "Well." I surround myself with positive energy and young people, and that's why I keep myself going and staying young. That's and that's all you can do. And I mean, that's yeah. having the positive mindset is is so so huge to 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 your own success. Absolutely. And if you can take it to the next level, which is projecting that positive energy towards others, uh-huh. that's when it starts coming back even more. And and your yeah. and that positive, it just like I said, it's a, it's a it's a it's contagious. Positivity is contagious. It's it's we need it in our lives. We need it now more than ever. I mean, exactly. there's so much exactly. fucking negativity now, and and the way that the world is, and then people getting, you know, pulled one way or mm-hmm. another with politics and religion and and sexual mm-hmm. orientation. Like it's like man. If everybody just worried about themselves and their family and their friends, like it'd be a lot, we, we'd be a lot better place. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, um, my day job, I work for Disney in Orlando. I'm a supervisor for one of the hotels in Disney. <clears throat> and I tell all the young kids that's on my, you know, college kids, young kids, I said, never tell, ne- never let anybody tell you what you can't do. You can do anything you want to do. You put your mind to it. And if anybody tell you something that's negative, just walk away from that person because you can do anything that God gave you the energy to do. Sure. You know? Yeah, and, and it's, so. I think people are their own worst enemies sometimes when it could be self-doubt. I think self-doubt is so dangerous and, and, and it's, uh-huh. I think it's one of the most of the toxic traits that we as humans can, can, ha- can have because self-doubt can put you on a freaking dangerous path of destruction. It can put you, you know, into de- depression. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 like you said, you can do. We as a, as a human species, it's the greatest and scariest thing, what I'm going to say. We are absolutely capable, capable of anything at any point in time, in any, at any, any day, any hour. We can do whatever we want. There are repercussions to what we do. You know, whether it's negative or positive, but it's it, that to me, you know, that the choice of free will is such a it's a blessing and it's a curse. And I, and I say that because some people don't know how to balance out how to how to use free will. And it, I think then that then it puts them onto a, a darker path. It puts them on a path of self-destruction. It puts them on a path of hurting others like you know, you have to learn how to, to accept that and, and, and be able to deal with it. Um, yeah. Just, yes, you do. Ju- just, just my, my, uh, my Zen, my moment of Zen. <laughs> <laughs> Dex just said true story. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I, and I appreciate you for coming on here and doing this. I know it's, uh, you know, night and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on your show, Tom. Is it, this is amazing. Well, uh, you know, it, and, 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 and as you can, as you can, as you can see, I love to talk. You know, I'm, well, I'm the same, I'm the same way. It's, it's easy to, you know, like you said, you surround yourself with positive people and you have positive conversation. You lift each other up. Like I know after, after we're done talking, I'm going to be up for another couple hours, even though I have to get up and go to my day job tomorrow. You know, yes. but because I'm, I'm like, it gives me a boost of, of endorphins. It gives me a boost of testosterone. It gives you everything, you know, that dopamine, um, yes. you feel good. And then it's like, and then I wake up in the morning and it's like, I want more. Exactly. I want and, that. And, and, and doing what you're doing expires, you know, expires other people, the other kids. And they look at you and say, Wow. I mean, that's, that's cool. That's cool stuff that Tim is doing, you know, his energy, your energy transports to other kids. Absolutely. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. You know, that was the whole, whole thing with doing this, doing these talks was if I can affect and change one person's life through a positive conversation I've had with somebody and somebody can hear that and relate to it and be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this in my life. I'm going to change this. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to start, you know, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe they're on the, uh, maybe they're a genius and they're an artist and they're like on the brink of 
you know, being able to to break out of their shell and and do what they want to do. And hopefully one of these talks will push them over the edge to do the, you know, do something beautiful. And and that's all I ever wanted to do with any of these conversations. I mean, you know, they're and they're intimate, too. You know, they're you know, we're talking about family and we're talking about like personal things in life. And it's like, and I love talking about that. I love talking about my family. I love talking about everybody else's accomplishment. I, you know, I, I enjoy that and it, and it feels good. And then, you know, when you talk and you have, and you have a guest on and, and they're giving you the same feedback, it's like, man, this is great. This is great. (laughs) Amazing. It's amazing. So, I just want to ask you, um, like I said, I know it's, uh, I know it's getting later in the evening. Um, where, where do you, where do you see, I I want to just get back to music real quick. Where do you see the future of music right now with what's going on? I I think the the music is never going to die. It's going to keep on going forever and ever. But I think music changes. And I think the 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 or the aura of hip hop is going back to the beginning. I mean, this, the sound from old is becoming the sound of new. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a lot of the old artists from the '80s and '90s are going back on tour, and they still have a following. People still like to see, just like the, the 50th anniversary of hip hop. A lot of people are following that. And people miss that old sound, that old music. But now the a lot of the old artists are coming out with new songs now. They're coming back out. You know, people people like to hear if their 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 legend legend artists from the eighties and nineties still still rocking it like that. Yeah, and that's 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 great. And and that's I think I think the last two years after going through COVID and dealing with all the shit that everybody went through, um, I think you're, you're, you're seeing people that, you know, yeah. that were in the game, maybe want to be back in the game now. Cause they know life is short and they, they know like, okay, well if this happened, I mean, when, when COVID hit and I couldn't go to live shows, I was, no, ab- that was, that was out. You know, you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't go there. I mean, the artist, uh, lifeline was, was, you know, most artists make monies off their shows, their show promoting and concerts. And when, once they took that away, you know, they, they didn't have a, a, a stream of income. I know. And it and it so. and it, it was scary. I think everybody, you know, saw, you know, how crazy things could get. And, mm-hmm. and in the blink of an eye, you know, it's yeah. all it's all done. Like, you can't go anywhere. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's like, oh, shit. Well, then I think what happened was you had a there was this this rising of artists, you know, musicians, painters, um, whatever, you know, poets coming out and being like, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there now because I don't know how long we have left. We don't know what's going to happen next. And you know what, I'm going to I'm going to write this song or I'm going to write this poem or I'm going to paint this picture. It, It I. I see so many people out there now putting themselves out there and doing it. And it's absolutely awesome. I love it. I love that. You know, I felt that, you know, after nine 11, 
the the country came, everybody came together there, yeah. there was a lot of love there was there was togetherness you know something so horrific and terrible happened and everybody pulled together you know everybody was new york strong you know i i just everybody knows where they were when that happened and i feel like you know we lost our way over you know since 911 everybody got just weird and and you know just i don't know disillusioned to what had happened and then covid hits and then it's like and i kind of felt like after we got out of it like people started like maybe making that phone call to a friend that you haven't talked to in 20 years or reconnecting with a relative that you had a falling out with because again you just don't know our t- our time is so short and to be you know unable to do things and interact with people it was uh, it killed it killed me you yeah. know not going to live shows that was the oh my god that that gutted me like I couldn't go see live musicians there were no local bands play- like it was like oh my god what are we going to do like what that's my outlet though like i need to i need yeah. to go i need to go see artists even if it's going down to the local pub or there's a um there's a great little guitar shop in town that has a bar and they have a restaurant in there and there's local musicians that come in and play um my my son's best friend is a uh up and coming uh musician he he's can play guitar from basically listening and watching t- watching a YouTube video of somebody playing it, and then he's he's got an awesome voice, so he can sing. So he's going out and performing in all these little you know places, and it's like, yeah, man, like keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And I asked him the other day, I said, hey, why don't you write your own music? And he's like, well, I've been thinking about it, and I started writing a song. I said, okay. I said, well, don't think about it anymore, just do it. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to. And I said, yeah, I said, you should. I said, you should do it because you're going to feel better. And I said, and you want people to hear your music. I said, everybody, you know, it's great listening to cover songs and you're great at singing cover songs. But I'm like, you need, you need, we need your music. Yes. And, and he, and somebody had reached out to me. Um, I'll keep this. uh, It's going to be a little on the down low, but you know, they told me if he gets a song, if he writes a song, it's going on a compilation album um, because I sent him a clip of him playing and they're like, this is awesome. Let's keep this going. So it kind of gave him a little push, you know, an incentive, you know, to finish it. And, uh, you know, again, supporting support. Uh, he's, you know, 19 years old and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to lift him up and, and support him because he's just, he's, he's a good kid. He's got a Absolutely. beautiful voice. He's got a gift. I said, you know, I've been playing guitar. I'm, I'm, you know, it's been 30 years. I, I started playing bass and then I started, I picked guitar back up like 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm not a great guitar player. I, I like making sounds. That's what I like doing. I like plugging into my, you know, making sounds and, and having fun. And I'm like, and I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, you got a gift. Like when you could sit there and listen to music and then play it and, and, you know, play it with ease and then you can sing to that. I said, that's, That's it is a gift. gift. And I said, you got to use that. So shout out to anybody that's 
going to listen to this or is listening to this that has doubts on, on, you know, if, if they want to take that next step, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Life is too short. You got to take the next step. Just do it. That's right. Well, I, uh, I, I want to leave you with, uh, I, I, I appreciate you. I thank you for coming on here. Um, thank you for the invite. You're, you're welcome. And, and when you, you know, when you're uh, ready to launch the tech and you can release um, information or, you know, right after it releases, we'll, we'll have another conversation. We sure will. We and, sure will. you know, in the future, you know, I know, uh, you know, thing, things are going to go good for you. I can feel it. I, 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 I connected with your energy. I can feel that, you know, um, and I wish nothing but the best for you. And is there anything that you want to give a shout out to or anybody you want to, you know, thank or I want to give a, I want to give a shout out to my 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 three beautiful daughters, my wife, my grandkids. You know, little David, JJ, Nora Sunshine. I want to give a shout out to my whole uh, GMS production crew, Nuvin Records crew, New Lightwave Logic crew, the new tech that's about to drop real real soon and all my grim the matrix nero ego that passed away one of my best producers just recently passed away oh man Dane that passed away shock g that passed away all oh, i give a shout out to everybody the whole world and never give up on your dreams because dreams do come true that's right and you know what i think that's a great uh that that's that's a great finish to what to our uh, beautiful talk we had tonight. Yes, sir. And again, I appreciate you, and I thank you for coming on. And uh, thank you, Pat. You're welcome. And we're gonna do this again. So we'll we'll do Absolutely. this again. We're gonna talk real soon. All right, sounds good, Robert. I appreciate right. it. And uh, nothing nothing but good things and good vibes and uh, blessings to you and your family. Blessings to you also. All right. Have a great evening. You have a great night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Robert Beck, and this was Strolling Down the Boardwalk. I want to thank everybody that tuned in tonight, everybody that listened, um, everybody that commented. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody that supports what I'm doing. Um, and again, we're going to have another conversation next Tuesday. And uh, be good to one another. Be kind. Be positive, And uh, enjoy your evening. Good night, everyone.